Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Hunt and Fish Bums podcast. We are coming to you live from Carlos's Archery Barn after we had a uh, a pretty good whitetail hunt this morning. Even though um, you know Carlos couldn't stand still and, and had a buck bust him in the dark, but uh, <laughs> all is well that ends well. You what? You want to tell your version of the story? Oh, well, yeah, go ahead. That's all right. Go ahead. I'll get into my version. <laughs> all right. I might have. Uh, I might have been the one that busted the buck. But anyway, um, that's neither here nor there because we are here to talk about. Carlos's mule deer hunt that kind of transformed into a, a Barbary sheep hunt for a day um, and then back to mule deer. So we are going to talk about that. And that was when? Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Yeah. All right. So two weeks ago, Carlos went down to Texas. And uh, who'd you hunt with, man? Uh, Scotty Campbell. Um, he was on some podcast that you told me about. Who's, who's podcast? Yeah, was he, he was on, uh, I heard him on Kafaru cast, yeah. uh, with Aaron Snyder. They talked about hunting down there with his, uh, outfit, top of Texas outfitters for archery, Barbary sheep, which I thought would be an awesome trip. And then I guess you ended up reaching out to him from there. Yeah. I reached out to him and, um, he's a great guy, man. It's uh, what you see is what you get with him. It's a uh, no frills. Straight hunt. shooter. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to bullshit you. And it's, it's, it's a hard, hard, hard hunt. I mean, it's, uh, I, I'm not comparing it to your sheep hunt, but, uh, you know, the terrain is difficult. Um, it's not what you expect. It's not flat and it's not warm as we'll soon discover. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I remember driving through, uh, the panhandle of Texas coming back from New Mexico and it just dumping snow. And I remember seeing all the cows in like a straight line and, and based on the one time I went out west with you uh, in an area where it's not known to snow, they had record snowfall, cutting our sheep hunt short by like five days. Uh, so I'm not surprised that when you went down to Texas, you got hit with another snowstorm. There's just a cloud over your head. That's it, man. It's, uh, it's just the way it works out. You know, I just uh, I enjoy every minute of it, and nothing ever comes easy. So <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's better when it comes harder anyway. So what made you decide to go uh with mule deer because i know he offers whitetail mule deer and barbary sheep so you know how'd that kind of transpire when you talk to him and uh and and i don't know how'd you end up picking mule deer over one of the other ones well they've always intrigued me the mule deer um based on what jim kelly always told me about them the ones that he's hunting in alberta and uh he says it's a true hard spot and stalk because of the size of their ears I mean, they could hear you coming from a long ways and, um, it's just a difficult hunt and I've never killed a mule deer before. And I really wanted to just go that route and to see what it had to offer. Um, I couldn't go with, you know, the guy who he has up in Alberta because <laughs> the finances just wouldn't allow that. I a lot mean, more expensive. Oh, it's, it's tremendous. But you know, he's that guy up in Alberta is also killing, you know, 190 and 200 class, uh, mule deer. So, uh, when I, when I spoke to Scotty, he was a straight shooter, man. He was like, look, if you're looking for the one ninety two hundreds, this is not the place. I'm not saying that they can't show up. He's like, they're few and far in between. He said, they're not like the, you know, the ones up in the Rockies and, and the ones up into Canada. He's like, but you know, you'll definitely stumble into a couple of one fifties to one seventy class bucks. I was like, all right, well. It's bigger than anything I've ever killed. So, yeah, um, sounds like a nice deer. Did you guys? I'm probably jumping ahead here a little bit, but just real quick, did you see anything? Uh, did you see any big ones in uh, that? Yeah, yeah, I saw a tank. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, you know, it, it was typical. Nothing's easy, man. Like, 
from the time I, I, I started talking to Scotty back and forth to just even getting them the deposit, you know, through my bank, like they send it to the wrong address. So like nothing was simple. Nothing was simple from the beginning at all. Uh, of course my, I drove out. And so that was, that made the trip even harder because it was like 23 hours or some nonsense. You go in one shot. No, no, I broke it up. I stopped the first on the way down. I stopped in Nashville um, because, ironically, we were having our uh, PBA convention in Nashville. Unbeknownst to me, the same week that I was traveling, so I'm like, sweet, I'll just bum a room off of my buddy. I'll I'll crash in at his place for a couple hours, and I'll just drive the rest of the leg down. And it just worked out perfect, man. It uh, the ride down was it was long. You know, and I completely forgot about the time change. So I was actually on the phone with my buddy. He's like, hey, when are you coming? I said, I'll be there in an hour. I said, it's it's saying I'll be there by 10 o'clock. Well, there's an hour time change and I'm driving. I all of a sudden I look down at the clock and I'm like, mother effer, I got two hours to go. <laughs> so it's a heartbreaker. Yeah. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. Those are things that you don't think about, you know, so but uh so why'd you drive just so you could take everything? It's just easier. Cause I know I drive every time I go, um, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I learned my lesson with flying cause you can't bring all your stuff. You, you can't. I mean, when I, when I did my 14 day pack in, uh, elk hunting, my original plan was, you know, to drive out with, I think you were including that, but you know, you had the baby on the way. Um, then Matt, he got sick. So I was, down to myself so i was like well i'm just gonna have to make this quicker so i'm gonna have to fly and you're restricted i mean you're restricted to your bow case and once you throw stabilizers arrows and all that you're you're close to 50 pounds already and then i had the, my frame pack and whatever clothes so you're restricted to 50 pounds in each unless you want to pay another airplane ticket to you know get your equipment shipped out there so um just driving it, it gave me peace of mind to bring everything that I had, you know, cold gear, rain gear. Um, and, and these are all things that I learned when I was out in Colorado by myself, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, whatever it was now. But, um, yeah, driving to me is definitely the way to go. It, it sucked, but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. And the one thing that I always hate about flying is those, uh, fuel tanks, which you need out there, those little tiny yep. propane tanks to like cook, whether you have like one of the, um, jet boils or, or, just uh like the pocket rockets but those fuel tanks you can't take on an airplane no. and then when you're hunting in the middle of nowhere it's not always the easiest to kind of find them and, and just not having to worry about anything yeah i you mean know, i like, was did i leave a knife in my carry-on or am right. like just you know what screw it i'm driving down i'm taking everything i need you know yeah yeah i mean i even you know from my days in oklahoma i even remember bringing a regular five gallon fuel tank with me you know because you get into these little podunk towns man and there's there's nothing yeah you know, there there's no gas station for miles so like these are all things that i've learned through experience that hey i need to have all this stuff with me uh but other than that it, it was an it was an enjoyable you know ride i mean it's just farm country and you're just driving through the middle of the united states so it's pretty good Nice little road trip. So, so all right, walk us through here. And then you get there, and and you guys, what you started hunting the next day, or? Well, no, no, it was it was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I pull my bow out, and Scotty's like, "Well, what's your effective range?" I was like, oh. "I said I, I won't shoot an animal past sixty-five yards." I said, "But I could shoot out to a hundred 
and you could tell like in his face that he was like questioning me. So I had a 25 yard um, spot that I brought with me, which is what like a two inch circle, maybe yeah, or three about inch that. Circle, yeah. Maybe? yeah. Yeah. So I tack that up and I shoot my 65 yard pin pinwheel them. And then I go to 80 pinwheel them. And then I go to a hundred and pinwheel him. And he goes, all right, well then we're ready to hunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure from his perspective, he probably hears that shit all the time. Right? Uh, yeah. Like every single person with, okay, I shouldn't, I shouldn't generalize every single right, person. Right, right. There are very few people that I have met that are like, oh, I'm really only comfortable shooting 20 yards. Everyone's like, Oh, out to 80. I practice every day. I can shoot 80 yards. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, you watch a group at 80 yards and it's just like, okay, maybe one of those would have hit the deer, yeah. you know? All right. So you're saying one out of every five is pretty good at 80. So I'm sure when he saw you just stacking them, yeah. Different story. Yeah, no, it, um, and, and it's the truth, man. Like I, I, for me, there's a lot of variables in my mind when you're trying to kill an animal, you know, at, at long range. And I, I feel confident and comfortable at 65 yards. Like that's, if they're in that range, I know I'm I'm 100 percent certain I'm going to be able to take that animal ethically, you know, with, yeah. with no doubt in my mind. Granted, things could shake loose, you know, the animal could move, it could conditions could could dictate that. But you know, 65 yards, I'm 100 percent certain I'm going to succeed and take that animal. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's based on your capabilities and your practice, and obviously you've competed and won at the highest level in the bow hunter class, which yep. is exactly the same setup that you're using hunting. Yes. So you're consistently hitting 80 yard, you know, spots mm -hmm. with your bow. So yep. yes, shooting a, a deer at 65 isn't like Carlos just goes in his backyard. He puts a pie plate out and he hits it three out of six times and is like, oh yeah, I'm good at 65. No, this guy's consistently putting him in the X at 65 yards. There's a big difference. And I know you were out here before that hunt shooting bear shafts at 65 yards. Cause I remember telling you off because mm -hmm. your bear shaft groups at 65 were out of your hunting bow were better than my actual groups <laughs> out of my target bow at 65. Yeah. Yeah. I did a little French tuning and, uh, fired away on some bear shaft arrows at 65. And I think I even told you, I said, I think I'm going to try this out to like 80 or 90, but I never got around to it. 65 was my max with the bear shaft. So, uh, yeah, I mean the equipment was, I was confident in the equipment. Um, and then, you know, uh, I bought that, that Sitka gear, which, you know, uh, look for the price of it. Like, and I'm going to be real. I, I mean, I don't know that I, if I had to pay full price for it, if I'd buy it, I mean, to be dead honest with you, are there certain features in that Sitka gear and that equipment that I'm absolutely in love with? Yes. And you know what it is? The knee pads. I mean, them, those knee pads saved my ass. Um, but I was worried about the durability of the of the stalking ones because they're they're very thin. Um, but which ones did you get? The Apex or these? The Apex. I think that's their stalking series. Whatever. Yeah. They're thinner. They're more for like a, a summertime, so springtime. Probably hunt. a little bit fleece or. They have it, it almost looks like the uh like the pullover we wear. Okay. It's gotcha. that yeah. So that yeah, yeah thinner get, material. That can get ripped up, especially out west where yes. there's a lot of briars. I mean, you're probably wearing gaiters to help protect that. But well, yeah, I borrowed yeah. your gaiters, which is huge. Um but I, I spoke to Scotty about those pants and uh 
one of the kids that he hunted with and guides for him occasionally here and there, he said he wore those pants and went through some nasty thick cactus and some oak brush and nothing. The pants were fine. No issues. Oh, nice. Um, but you know, it's like, I looked at the price and the quality and you know, it is what it is. Hey, I'm, I'm, I've said this on many podcasts. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I get it. Um, because the stuff does work, but I also don't pay full price. Right. If I had to pay full price, I guarantee you I would not have it. Other than maybe the mountain pants with the knee pads, I'd probably fork over the money for that. Right. But, you know, um, having a very good friend who works for the company and gets friends and family discounts, that intrigues me. And then, I'm yeah, I'm going to fork over the, the, the cash to get it at a discounted price. But, right. yeah. Um, it's quality. And I've also expressed my opinion with like, you know, even, you know, when I forked over the stuff for the Kuyu is, um, the pants, I shredded the shit out of all of them. Like I do not buy their pants at all. Um, you mean the the Kuyu? The Kuyu. Yeah. yeah. Like I've never, I even got my dad a pair and he, you know, he doesn't really hunt like he used to. And he shredded them in like two days. They're just not durable. Um, my experience is that. So the Sitka has been way more durable. Again, I'm with you. I'm not paying full price, but you know, through the friends and family discount, uh, that's where I get it. And yeah, it makes it, uh, much easier to swallow at like normal pricing. But like today on our deer hunt, right. I'm not wearing anything Sitka. The clothes that I got that I've had since I was in high school that are a quarter of the price. Yeah have still lasted and are still good. Now, yeah. would I want to be hiking mountains and all this? Hell no, I'd be sweating my ass off. Right. But, you know, everything's got its own kind of purpose, and I'm sure you can find some quality stuff that'll last relatively well, even if it doesn't have that, yeah. you know, Sitka brand name on there. Yeah, no, uh, look, like, uh, the the one piece of equipment that Sitka made was that uh, that hoodie, man. That that's, that's The core heavyweight hoodie, yeah. Yeah, that's I like key. That too. I mean, you turned me on to that, and... Uh, I I'll th- I think I'll wear that on every hunt. I mean, it's just the, the right piece of equipment. I mean, that thing is on the money. The pants is to be determined. Yeah, you know, when, when we'll talk about that in about two years when I start pounding them, if they're going to hold up or not. Yeah, and I'm talking like from my opinions. This is like probably five or six seasons of doing at least one, if not multiple hunts out West, whether it's numerous trips to Ibex hunt, Barbary sheep hunt, elk hunt. And that is what I'm using now, you right. know, is much more the Sitka. Yeah. Uh, seems to be way more durable. Yeah. I mean, I spoke to Scotty and he, he's, he, he's all about the mountain pants. You know, he, he uses them actually every day for work around his ranch and stuff like that. So, cause they're, they're a durable set. And the only reason I went with the apex ones was, uh, because they're quiet and they specifically designed those for stalking. So, which is mostly what you're doing on that. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're, you're crawling on your belly and all that. So, uh, yeah, we, we started hunting that, uh, that morning and, uh, right away we ended up, um, getting on into, into mule deer. I mean, um, they were up on these rye fields, but there was no shooters, bunch of does. Um, saw the oldest whitetail buck of my life. Um, the damn thing had arthritis and it was like literally dragging its back leg. And I looked at Scotty. I was like, how, how old is that thing? I said, that thing has to be like 14 years old. He's like, nah, I think it's probably closer to 16. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No predators got to it yet, huh? No. Somehow and and them off. look, man, the, the deer looked like the walking dead because no other deer wanted to be near it. <laughs> it looked like a zombie well, dragging its back leg going. And every deer that saw it would just scatter and scamper away. And I looked at him. I said, I would absolutely just shoot that deer because it's old. And he's like, yeah. Um, so whatever, you know, the, the morning hunt ended somewhat uneventful. You know, just uh, I think we ended up seeing... Eight mule deer does, ten or so whitetail does, three mule deer bucks that came out, and um, there was one inside the 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 thicket that all I saw was its back, and it was substantially bigger than the rest, um, but we couldn't see what it was, um, so we opted just to back out. You know, and it, it's funny he has a saying, uh, "When in doubt, back out." So that's that's what we did, you know, and I I wasn't certain, he wasn't certain, and I don't want to booger it up. Um so, you know, we 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 slipped on out and then uh we get back to the car and then we actually had a a decent conversation, you know. He's he's a good dude and he's like, "Hey, I want to know what type of deer you're looking for." So I looked at him and I said, "What do you mean what type of deer am I looking for?" He's like, "You know, inches." I said, "Dude, I'm not into inches. <laughs> and he's like, what? And I said, I'm into a quality animal and I'm here to enjoy the hunt. And he looked at me, he goes, you're one of the few, if not the only guy that's ever told me that. And then, you know, he got into some stories about, you know, some other hunters uh, that are well known that were demanding certain things. And, and he's not that type of guy. So they sort of had a falling out and, uh, you know, we just hit it off. You know, and uh, we just kept, you know, moving around and glass and moving around and glassing and uh, we continued. And it's just like elk hunting. You know, once they're bedded up, you're done for the day. So you bed up. And uh, it was it was awesome, you know, just seeing the terrain and everything like that. So how did you guys hunt? I want to touch on that. Are you guys driving and glassing? Are you guys hiking up to, to high points and, and checking out the terrain? Like what was... Uh, the typical strategy, I'm guessing, just getting up high and trying to find them and then make a play. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Get as high as you can uh, on the highest peak, on the highest point, where you could see multiple canyons and ravines and fields. And um, th- that area is very, very different. You know, it's um, it's like New Mexico where we where we barberry sheep hunt, but it's opposite. It's inverted. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, yep. like the, there's depressions. Yeah. The depressions are very steep and nasty and, and real thick and canyony. Um, whereas New Mexico, they're elevated, mm-hmm. you know, it's like yep. almost taking them and turning them upside down. Uh, and it's very unforgiving. I mean, you'll shred equipment up there and beat it up very, very quickly. But yeah, we would get as high as we could get, uh, without skylining ourselves and, uh, just plop ourselves down and just start, you know, picking things apart. And, uh, you know, he was glassing, I was glassing and until we started finding this stuff, you know, I'd start pointing things out and, um, which was something he wasn't used to, you know, he was, uh, you know, he said a lot of people just sit there and, um, are just like, did you see him? Did you see him? Did you find him? Did you see him? And then, you know, it's putting a ton of pressure on him. So then he'll put out the spotting scope once he finds something that he thinks is decent, they'll say yay or nay. You know, it's just, and we've had this conversation before, and I even had this conversation with Jim Kelly, you know, um, 
most of the people that are going on these hunts are very affluent, wealthy people and nothing against them. You know, they worked hard to get whatever they got, but Jim Kelly hit the nail on the head. He's like the, the environment of hunting camp and hunts has changed from, you know, to camaraderie, to having a great time, to almost like jealousy, you know, like I need to kill something big. It needs to get done within a day and I need to get out and move on to the next one. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think just, you know, or not, I should say society, but I think social media, people see people on there killing animals, posting pictures, getting followers, getting sponsors and all that kind of stuff. And they're kind of driven by that. So now it goes away from like the hunt Mm -hmm. to the focus is on the kill and how big is the animal. Let's face it. If I shoot 10 spikes Mm -hmm. and put them on my Instagram I am probably not going to get the following and the callings and the the uh, prestige as if I put up ten, you know, one eighty inch whitetail. Correct. Right. And yeah. so that's that's kind of changed the environment. And and I don't think everyone's like that, but it's certainly driven a lot of people. I mean, hey, look now uh, with how many people that were famous or had a big following, and then something comes out like, oh, they actually shot this animal behind a high fence and made it seem like it was some backcountry operation or they poached this or shot this at night, you know, mm-hmm. like that's just putting pressure on people. And I think that's, they're kind of trying to, trying to get that following and trying to, trying to kind of turn it from the hunt into the animal for other reasons than enjoying the hunt. But, right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that's what, you know, once I told Scotty that, it, you could see it like he was relieved. Like it was, it was like, oh, all right, good. Yeah, I'm sure. We- <laughs> if you think about it, if you're in his situation, you know, you're gonna feel that pressure too. If it's someone that's just constantly like, hey, where's that 180 inch buck? Where's that 180 right. inch buck? I gave you money. Where's it at? Like, you know, get right. the fuck out of here. We're right. here to hunt and enjoy ourselves, and you exactly. Know, and that's it. So yeah, I mean, like the first day ended uneventful. Um, you know, we, we hunted, we had a couple white-tailed does come in right at last light, um, which was pretty funny, you know, because he, he loves using this nose jammer stuff, and I think I was telling you about it, you know, and uh, he sprays it on his uh, his gators, and, you know, I sprayed some on mine, and look, man, it, they knew we were there, but they didn't blow. They just, they stomped a little bit and then just migrated away, but I also think that's because lack of human interaction. I mean, that that's point blank. I mean, I think there's like three roads in that area. I'm not kidding you. You know, there's probably like three main roads and then the rest are just gravel, dirt farm roads with a speed limit of 70 miles an hour. And it's a one-way street. And I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But um, next day, we went to a whole different area. We went further north, which was m- even more mountainous. And uh, that's when we got into... Uh, a real nice uh, five by five. You know, I call it a ten pointer. They call it a five by five. Whatever. At the end of the day, it had ten points. There you go. <laughs> so um, I had I had to get the jargon down right because they would sit there and laugh at me. Uh, actually, early in that morning, we stopped for uh, for a cup of coffee and they had some pecan coffee. Well, they said, "What'd you say?" I said, "Pecan." It's pecan. I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, it's pecan." <laughs> I was like, "All right, whatever." Pecan, pecan. Who cares? I want some of that coffee. <laughs> so uh, it was it was cool, you know, hanging out with him and just learning, you know, 
different parts of uh, jargon, you know, yeah. lingo. But um, that morning, um, we got to this high ridge, and right away, I throw my glass up. Boom! I see a nice uh, four by four, and I'm like, "Wow, look at that one!" And then I scan over to this to the right, uh, you know, probably sixty yards up to the right, and I see a five by five, and and you know, Scotty was looking down another ravine, so I tapped him. He's like, "Yep," and he's like, "That's a good one. You like it?" I'm like, "I, I don't." Don't know anything about it. If you give me the green light, it's I love on. It. You give me the green light, I'm gonna love it. Let's go. Uh, so he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "That's." He's like, "That deer's been up in these canyons for, um, yeah." He said about five, six years, and it's actually the the photograph of that one that you sent me on his Instagram, mm-hmm. the one that had the velvet. It was that one, yep. and uh, real high rack, uh, probably only like eighteen inches wide, but man it had it it had the mass it had everything and it was it was a great great animal so um you know we're watching them we're watching them, we're watching them and they're not leaving this canyon so we finally decide we're going to make a move and uh we make the move and we basically get pinned down and we're both on our bellies for easily an hour plus it was funny because he actually took a video and I'm flopped on my back and my face is windburned <laughs> and the sun's right in my eye. And he, he leans over with his phone. He's like, so you enjoy it now? I said, yeah. I said, I'll enjoy it more when I get down there and I put an arrow in him. <laughs> so he started laughing. And uh, the, the the issue was that these bucks were just bedding in 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 areas where they were in the advantage they had the they had that's the why advantage. they're there right and, <laughs> and that's why they're so big and they didn't make a mistake um and then finally we, we caught a break both bucks separated which was huge um less eyes you know it, they were both together within a 20 yard radius of each other the entire morning then finally at 10 o'clock the smaller of the two the four by four broke off and went down its own canyon and um that's when he's like, all right, you ready to do this stalk? And I'm like, all right. So we belly crawl to the edge of the cliff. And of course, what happens, the wind is horrible. It's blowing at my back right down to the animal. But we were so high that, you know, it didn't pick us up. So I was, Scotty was like, well, you're going to have to do this on your own. I said, all right, well, I'll figure it out. I said, uh, I, I learned quickly. <laughs> so he started giggling. He goes, it seems like you do. So, uh, he told me to go like a canyon over and then, you know, go down three quarters to a quarter of a mile, you know, in that frame. He said, you'll see another cut. But of course to me, I was like one canyon over, no way. So I go two canyons over, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to screw anything up. So I go two canyons over and, uh, you know, I'm covering ground quickly. Cause I, what I was worried about is if I was a canyon over, if I bumped something, it was just going to run up over the hill and blow him Take out. Take him out too. Yep. Right. So I was like, screw this. I'm going two canyons over. So I went two canyons over and went down a mile down the canyon. And I got that wind right dead square in my face. Like I, I was just, you know how it is when you get in those canyons, everything starts shifting on you left and right, mm-hmm. left and right, left and right. So I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. so I went down and I got it. I mean, dead square in my face. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good with remembering geographical 
cuts and stuff like that. So I knew roughly where he was and I just kept that in my mind's eye and I got up there and, um, 45 minutes later, boom, I'm on this animal. So hang on, I got to back up there. Cause that is something that I think is very, you just brushed over it. I think is very important because out there, um, especially if you're like us who, who grew up in the East coast and then we're going out there for hunts from time to time, picking out something in the terrain to kind of give you an idea approximately where that animal is or how you want to make the approach is huge. Um, I don't know how many times I'd, I'd want to make a stock. And then when I go from a different viewpoint, right. Cause I, you find the animal, you want to find a, a good approach position. And then you look over and you're like, wait, where was it hiding mm-hmm. again? So like finding anything like Carlos was saying, he was studying the terrain and remember the terrain and what it looked like. That is very important before you head out on a stock. In my opinion, I think it's something that's overlooked. And then you get there and all of a sudden you're like, Oh shit, where was the animal? So, um, I'm glad you mentioned that because if you don't do that, you can find yourself either getting way too close up on an animal and busting them out, or you know you get there and you have no idea where the hell it was because you didn't really pick something out. Because believe me, from a different vantage point or a different ledge, that mountain could look completely different than the picture you had in your mind before you left to begin the stock. Right, and and when I was up above that, I'm going to back up. When when I first saw that that mule deer at we were like 120 yards from him, I didn't recognize that he was up on the secondary plateau just from that view it looked like just a straight you know slowly grading canyon but i was looking at rocks and and picking out certain trees that were higher up and since i went you know two canyons over and came around i was on the lower plateau and if i didn't use my binoculars to pick up those trees that i scanned and remembered that that's where the animal is in, in line with, I would have never come up up on High that enough. flat. Yeah, yeah, I would have, I would have been down in the bottom of the canyon, you know, second, your head, yeah, second guess of myself. And, and then I probably would have had to, you know, walk all the way back with my tail between my legs and say, hey, yeah, I can figure it out. But, um, you know, I spent time and I picked out those certain key things that stuck out and that's how uh, I was able to get in. But uh, it was pretty cool because... I come up on the plateau and I knew I roughly shot him with the, with the laser rangefinder from where we were to the animal and then to this specific like cedar bush or whatever. I don't even know the specific scientific name for what it was. It looked like a cedar bush to me. Um, and both of us came up that the animal was 40 yards from that bush. You know, we roughly give or take. So I come up and the animals just bedded away from me and I just see the back of its antlers and I'm like, Oh, I already had it in my mind. I said, this is a sealed deal. I said, this is over with. So then I started getting cocky. I wanted to do the Bob Colantary ninja move. (laughs) 60% of the time it works every time. Yep. So, you know, now I'm like, I got all this new Sitka gear. I'm like a ninja. They can't see me, you know? So (laughs) I slip in. And uh, we actually have a photograph. It's an awesome picture. And um, I get 28 yards from this animal. And I'm like, it's over. Like, I already, uh, like, I'm confident. This is done. It's over. I already got a smile from ear to ear. I'm 28 yards from something that the kill zone is probably the 55-gallon drum lid. And I'm like, I'm done. This is over. (laughs) So I'm sitting there waiting, waiting. And this is where I fell in love with the knee pads. (laughs) So 
I'm on my knee pads and this goes on for 45 minutes. This thing's eating its cud and it's looking other ways, looking backwards. And, and it looked at me like two or three times and didn't even know I was there. So Scotty was very adamant about telling me, he's like, when these things stand up, you're going to see their head rock. They're going to, cause they, they're so heavy that they got to rock their head back for leverage. So I'm waiting for the rock, waiting for the rock. And he's like, and then once they rock, they're going to stand up. They're going to piss and stretch out. He's like, when they stretch out, shoot them. Okay. Well, it rocks. It stands up. It doesn't piss. It whips around 180 degrees, looks at me, and gives me the middle hoof <laughs> and goes tearing ass off the side of the mountain. It, it picked me. like Really? It, oh, dude. It just it, it, it picked me out like nothing. And I was behind a bush. Like... And I was all twisted up. Yeah, we'll put that picture up because you sent it to me. Uh, I think Scotty took the picture, yep. obviously, when you were on the stock. And you look like you were, you were hitting really well. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, think about it. These, these animals are hunted by mountain lions. And I'm sure mountain lions are a lot, could hide a lot better than I can. You know, I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it didn't do what he said it was going to do. It didn't piss. It didn't stretch. It must have caught something. Um, whether it was a shine off my arrow, whether it was, it caught something that it picked. It didn't like yeah, it. it was like, uh-uh, spun, boom, gone. So then we spent that entire day looking for that animal. The good thing was that it didn't run out of there. Like, oh my God, like this thing's, it, it knew something wasn't right. It didn't smell me. It bounded up. It got up to now after ranging it, after it took off, it's, got up to 63 yards and stopped and looked down at me and was just looking at the bush. And then it just walked up over the next Canyon. Um, if I would have known that that bush was 63 yards, I would have shot it right there. Cause it was per- perfectly broadside. But the first thing that happened is my heart sunk, you know, and I was just like, Oh, it was like, it, I had such an, ad- I went from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows in a blink of an eye. That's, I mean, that's what happened. That's hunting. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, look, tree stand hunting here, it it didn't give me that. Like, I don't get crushed, like emotionally crushed if a deer picks me out of my tree stand here in my house. Like or, it did this morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, it doesn't even, doesn't even phase me. Um, but this was just so upsetting, you know, because I put in the time, the effort, and I got into this thing's bedroom, man, and it had no clue I was there, uh, which... You got to experience it to understand it. Yeah, yeah, you did the hardest parts. I mean, the for me, I don't know why. I mean, you know, because you've hunted with me out west. Like, I enjoy the shit out of glassing. Mm-hmm. And when I find an animal, it's like, it's awesome. You know, yep. shit, I get the, like, the excitement because I'm like, you know, this is great. We found one. And that's just when it starts. Yep. Then the hardest part, getting within range. Now, this, these animals are hunted all the time. They're going to bed in areas that are, like you said, give them the advantage. And then you beat that. Yep. And then it's like for you, like the shot, a 28-yard shot, it's just like, yeah, you're, you're probably laughing about that. Like, yeah, it's game over. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine you're like right on the cusp of victory. Yeah. I was <laughs> ready to just... fling an arrow in that thing and put my hands up like I just won a gold medal, you know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, 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 it mentally drained me because it's just like you said, man, it, it, you're right there. You're it's almost sealed. You know, the tag is almost punched and, uh, it was rough. It was a tough pill to swallow. I'll tell you that mentally tough. 
because I was right there. I, I could hear it breathing. I mean, I was 28 yards from me. I could hear it breathing and chewing. And I'm like, it's over. This thing has no clue I'm here. Um, hindsight, should I have just stayed at the 40-yard mark where, I'm, where I know I'm accurate and just as deadly as 28 yards? Yeah, but this was my whole thought process. If I could get in close and make a higher probability shot, then why not? And that's what I kept telling myself. The closer you get, the higher the probability of you harvesting that animal quickly. And if you have the cover to do it, why not? If you don't have cover, then yes. Right. Don't roll the dice. But if you got the cover, then get as close as you can. Right. And, um, but that's how my mind works. Like I want to, you know, harvest this animal quickly. You know, I don't want them to go far. Um, so, you know, the, the hunt ended, we were seeing smaller, uh, mule deer, uh, nothing worth stalking, some nice white tails, um, probably saw a white tail that was conservatively into the sixties, very conservatively, you know, but white tail are skittish, man. <laughs> Those things you would blink your eye and they'd be gone. They'd just jump off the mountain. You know, the mule deer, they seem to, I don't know if it's because they're bigger, they're a bigger animal. They're not as skittish. They're, they're, they're a little standoffish. You know what I mean? Like the one thing I did notice is those whitetail and those mule deer do not play well together. They do not like each other. They mm -hmm. do. They go opposite of the opposite spectrum of each other. Um, I think it's just because the whitetails are just scatterbrains. You, you know, they're very jittery and jumpy. And I think the mule deer is more relaxed, you know, just wants to take everything in as far as where its next move is going to be. It's very methodical the way it moves. Like you'll sit there and you'll watch these mule deer bucks and these mule deer does before they even take a step, they're watching, they're looking, you know, they're checking and then they move. A whitetail is just going, 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 going. And all of a sudden it gets a snout full of what it does. Like, boom, it goes in the opposite direction to hundred miles an hour. Um, these mule deer are not like that at all from what I've learned. And I'm no mule deer expert by any stretch of the means, but you know, being out there, that's what I saw with those animals. Nice. So, so you had back tail between your legs, no other chances at him that day, right? No, nothing, nothing at all. And, uh, you know, we, we, we burned our eyeballs. I mean, burned, them, burned, them, burned. Them. And then, uh, then the third day, the fun day, that day was, uh, if I thought <laughs> that getting 28 yards within a mule deer and him blowing out on me was heart wrenching. The third day was, as Jim Kelly told me, I probably would have hung myself. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was uh, very, very disheartening. Um, first of all, we're, what was that? First week of October, second week of October, whatever I was, yep. you know, and here we are. No, we're in mid, mid to late October is a, a week ago or two weeks ago. So whatever yeah, it was, late October, yes, yeah, yeah, so 22nd, I think 22nd right. yeah. and you're here in Texas and you're like, it's warm, it's nice. And then you look at your phone and it says snowstorm, Carlos storm. Yeah. <laughs> like, nah, I'm in the wrong state. I must have clicked, you know, Wyoming or something on my phone. <laughs> this is not right. So I'm looking at this weather app and it says, you know, six to 12 inches of snow. I said, are you? effing kidding me this is bullshit i was like we're in october i'm in fucking texas <laughs> like and i got a snowstorm coming i'm like this is this is just my luck so i confirm with scotty he's like oh yeah yeah it's definitely coming <laughs> so i'm like all right 
whatever. I, I just got to deal with it, and, and I'm going to get it done in this nasty weather. I could care less. So we go up to this new area, and we get up as high as we can, and that's when the fun begins. We're picking up mule deer, and they're all over the place. And then I happen to scan left, and I see a ginormous barberry sheep or odd dad, whatever the hell they call them there. And I was just like, that's what I want. So I hit, hit Scotty on the leg. He's looking at the mule deer, and I'm like, that is what I want to kill. And he's like, oh. He's like, that thing's a giant. That's what he tells me. <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, dude, it's your hunt. And I'm like, so you don't have a problem with me taking one of these? And he's like, no. He's like, if you want to take a barberry sheep instead of a mule deer, he's like, you do what you want. He's like, it's it's your hunt. He's like, but it's one animal. So I'm like, whatever gives me the first shot, that's what I'm taking. <laughs> so uh, I'm watching this one, watching this one. And it's by itself, which from, you know, hearing your stories and, you know, seeing your footage of, of the barberry sheep, it, like I was expecting to see like 20 or 30 of them together. Well, I'm just seeing this one and it's giant. It's by itself. I'm like, this is great. He's going to lay down and I'm going to get in. Well, unbeknownst to me on the, on the, what do you call that? The rock ledge or the. Yeah. Like the uh, rim rock. Yeah, yeah. Right on the rim rock. It looks like it's alive. There's, they look like ticks on it. Oh, <laughs> they're yeah, up going and, all through there. Oh, they're running back and forth, and I'm like, oh, my God. And there's 60-plus, you know, between the the hues and the lambs and other rams. There's, there's more than 60. I, I lost count. And now the problem is I'm pinned. You can't move. And these things are anywhere between 600 to 800 yards away, depending where they were on those ledges. And they're in bushes, they're out of bushes, they're jumping up the cliffs, they're running down the cliffs. And we're glassing, I'm trying to videotape, glass videotape. And then this monstrosity just steps out. And Scotty looks at me, he's like, that's the one you have to kill. And when somebody looks at you who's been around these animals for an extensive period of time and gives you this look that he's not messing around, like, that's the animal... You know, it's you, a good one. Yeah, you know, it's the <laughs> real deal. So I, I just, I take the camera, I throw it away, and I throw the glass up. And man, that thing was impressive. It, it looked like it had, its bases were like the size of cantaloupes. I mean, it, and they just swept back. And he was like this dark, like mud color. Like he was like chocolate. Like he he was very dark, extremely dark, where the everything else was light and, and young. And when he stepped out, the whole mountain just cleared. It was like part in the Red Sea, man. He, he was like the big boys in the house and nobody wants any part of him. I, I watched, you know, six or seven good rams just run right away from him. They just ran. They ran right off the mountain because once they saw him, they knew he wasn't messing around. Yeah. And I know from my limited experience, I mean, they, they're running probably right around that time or mm. pretty soon. So I'm sure no one wanted to kind of mess with them. Although, you know, in New Mexico, I've seen like lambs at like the weirdest times, which tells me these pro things probably breed whenever the hell they get in heat. It's not right. like the white tail rut or something like yep. that, where you got this specific, you know, two week window. I've seen some weird shit in New Mexico, or if I do the math, I'm like, 
man, that thing would not have bred anywhere near the fall. So right. um, I'm sure you seeing all them and them getting out of the way was probably during, if there is a rut, probably during that time for them. Yeah, there was definitely one hot, uh, what, what do you, you. call it? You. Yep. Um, she was definitely hot because he was with her the entire time. And any Billy or, you know, younger lamb or anything that came near he would just challenge him right away there was no playing with him he was like this is she's with me yep and it got to the point that he was chasing them all so bad that the entire group of 60 or 80 of them actually went two canyons over they just they got away from him because he was not playing around and uh he was up there tending her and running her up the rocks and down the rocks and the rocks that they were running up and down like you, you would need mountain climbing gear and they're just up and down like nothing. Mm -hmm. So finally we lose sight of the big group. Like I saw him coming down into the Canyon, like below us, but I didn't, I didn't know where they were. And the problem is like, you know, their vision's incredible and you don't want to skyline yourself. So we start hearing the rocks and I'm like, they're below us and I know they're below us. So I slide on my ass and in this, I'm trying to keep an eye on him, the bigger one and, and the, the, the you, and I peek over and there they all are. They're 60 yards below me. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> now the storm is in full swing. There's sleet. It's sideways. It's off my face and it's stinging. I mean, this is like, you know, BB size pellets just hit me in the face. And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> my eyes are tearing. And, uh, I'm like, only me, this only happens to me. And <laughs> now it starts thundering, like just thundering and lightning. And I'm like, I'm dead. I'm like, dude, I'm holding a, a piece of aluminum in my hand. That's the biggest conductor <laughs> <laughs> on top of a mountain. Yeah. On top of a mountain. I'm probably the highest thing on top of this mountain. <laughs> and oh yeah, that's right. I have a stainless steel broadhead along with a stainless steel outsert on the end. Definitely going to get blown up when <laughs> a lightning bolt comes. And, um, I peek over and it, you sees me and it was lights out. She lets out that, ah! yep. and it was like a Chinese fire drill. They're running. They're just jumping off the cliffs, like full board jump. So now I'm in full panic mode. I'm like, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Boom. I see the, the other, the, the you and the big Billy, they had no clue what was going on. They just thought these things were acting like a bunch of idiots and they're coming down the same path. The, the you goes through, I ranged her 60 point two yards so the hang on so these things spotted you the yeah. big group yeah one let out like an alert bark yeah they all ran off not ran the, off they like sort of like just took the the cattle trails and, and the the rim rock you know like i think it was so windy that they didn't know what the hell was going on gotcha. you know it, it, it was 40 50 mile an hour winds i mean and there's hail so everything's tinging off the rocks. It's like, yeah. So I think that helped me because the rest of them, it wasn't like, like full panic mode. They, they all ran a little bit until they got their bearings and then they were like sort of calm because they didn't smell anything. I think that's what it yep. is. You know, they, 
it, it wasn't like one of the lead use, like letting out a bark or whatever it is. But they were like, something's wrong. They, they scampered off. It's not like they just ran to the next county. They scampered off enough and they stopped. And even some of them were still within, you know, 58, 60 yards, but they had no clue what there was. The one that saw me, she went down and across the, the, the gully or the, the drainage, whatever you want to call it. But the rest of them, because it wasn't a lead one. I think they were just like, what's wrong with her? You know, they were just watching her and she was acting like an idiot. And she actually stopped because the rest of the group didn't follow. Well, then they just start easing their way, you know, not running, but, you know, at a decent walk, you know, and they move fast to begin with. And uh, I see the you that was with the big Billy. And then I see his nose peek around the corner. I'm like, oh, here we go. And uh, I set up. I draw, I knew the yardage already because it was only one spot that they could cross. And I know you always told me range the animal, range the animal, range the animal. But, you know, I didn't have time in this situation mm-hmm. to range the animal. But I knew where the other animals were on that, you know, on that so cut. you got a pretty, really yeah. good idea. I was within six inches. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Whether he went six inches uh, uh, further or six inches, he couldn't go anywhere else. He Nothing was there. Nothing to affect your shot. Right. Yeah. So... I set up and, you know, this is you know, 40, 50 mile an hour crosswinds. I've never shot in that before. And there's just hail pelting, boom, 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 boom in my face. And it's hitting my riser. And I'm like, man. And all I kept telling myself is don't gut shoot these things. Because um, I know that they're, they're tough animals. So I'm like, don't gut shoot them. So I set up and I have my level bubble all squared up and I'm holding, you know, I have to forcibly hold my arm there. I can't just relax and shoot because these, the wind would blow me right off the animal. So the shot breaks and I'm like, I watch the arrow go and it's going, 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 going. I just watch the you know, pink fletchings just drift further and further left. And that arrow went right in front of that billy two inches and blew up on a rock. Boosh! And there we go again. Put Carlos on suicide watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey man, you're doing the hard stuff. You're getting in there. You're getting close. I mean, you know, it'd be too easy for you if there was no 50 mile an hour winds or hail hitting you in the face. Yeah. How about the day before? I'm 28 yards, you know, yeah. inside one, but whatever. Um, they took off and that just fueled my energy for sheep hunting. Like, I've heard you talk about it. I've heard Jim talk about it. Um, if you don't experience and you're not in there with them, you don't understand. Like I would give up every form of hunting to go after sheep based on what I saw. Yeah, they're awesome animals, man. You know, all those mountain animals. I mean, everything's different. You know what right. I mean? Like everything's got its like, you know, draws that, that you like. And, and uh, the mountain animals for whatever, it's like me and you that... Mm-hmm. That fits us well because mm-hmm. we kind of enjoy the suck. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of sucking. Uh, <laughs> Literally. In the freaking mountain, uh, just dying, hoping to find one of these animals and get into bow range. You yeah. Know? I mean, I know that suicide watch because as much as I don't like to admit it, I've missed my fair share of really nice Ibex billies when I drew the tag. And, man, you put in all that work, you yep. find one. You know, you, you see other hunters just walk right by and don't even find this the, the ibex, and you're like feeling good about yourself. You stalk in, 
you get a good shot and you're like, that was a great shot. And you, and you still miss. It's just, yeah. Right, suicide watch. The bad thing is on the Ibex, I'm literally standing on a cliff. I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> someone yeah, grab me. Yeah. No, <laughs> I was, I was on the cliff and I'm like, well, I don't know how high this cliff is, but I'm sure it'll <laughs> definitely cause some damage if I jump off of it. So, uh, yeah, they're, they were on their way and, um, it literally, it, it, it was dangerous. So we had to, we had to go. I mean, we just, it, it couldn't, um, it wasn't safe. Let's put it. And, I, and I'm rugged, man. Like, I, and, and just like you, like we, we don't care. We'll, we'll go where we got to go and, and do what we have to do. But when there's literally bolts of lightning coming down, it just didn't sit right with me, you know? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, we, we just got to go. Yeah. You're a little smarter than me. Yeah. I kind of I push it a little <laughs> bit, but, uh, on the dumb end, although, when we were in New Mexico, you did talk me into leaving when there was like a seven inch ice storm coming after we just got hit with like two feet of snow. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. You're like, no, we need to get the fuck out of here. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I, look, I'm all for pushing the envelope, but there's certain things that I don't want to push the envelope yeah. and I, I don't feel like looking like a fried squirrel on the side of a mountain, you know, cause I am a hairy son of a bitch. So <laughs> all you'd find is seared hair. <laughs> And maybe a couple of my teeth because I blew up, but um, yeah, it was uh, it was disheartening, man. It just it really it put things in perspective, it, and then all I kept thinking the you know the long ass walk back uh, was shit. Sky, yeah, you're gonna marinate in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like <laughs> shit. That weird vibe yeah, where you know yeah. you're like down in the dumps. Yeah, I'm like shit. Scotty's gonna think that this fucking boy from New Jersey can't shoot worth the shit. He's a fucking jerk off. Like that's all I kept going to my my mind because I really like this guy and I don't want to put a sour taste in his mouth. You know. Yeah, and you feel like you let him down. Yeah, you, you know? absolutely. So, um, long story short, we uh, we're done for the day, and we come out the next day. Um, and I was going to hunt a lot longer, but, um, that night my son called me and, uh, it fucked me up because I'm coaching his flag football team. And, uh, he goes, you know, our last game is on Sunday and, uh, I don't want you to miss it. So I'm like, fuck me. And here we are. It's yeah. it's Thursday. You know, we're going into Thursday. And you know, Scotty was cool, man. He's like, dude, we're we're gonna we're gonna stay out here as long as as long as we can to get it done. You know, there was no you know time. And I actually spoke to you on the phone and I was like, dude, I, I screwed the pooch, I gotta go. And you know look, if I were single, then yeah, whatever. But when your son is talking to you and you know, he's basically like, Don't let me down, I want you here. And you just missed a world class animal. Got in close on another world class <laughs> animal. It's like, dude, why would you say this right yeah. now? You know, and and you know, my wife, she was great. She was like, hey, um, stay as long as you got to stay. And I, I was like, yeah, it's not the point. I said, why'd you put him on the phone? Yeah. I was like, because it came from his mouth. I said, if it would have come from her mouth, it would have been like, yeah, whatever. I could care less. But it came from his mouth, yeah. which completely messed me up. I, I mean, I couldn't even sleep that night. Yeah. So whatever, you know, we get up in the morning and there it is, a foot of snow on the ground. I'm like, all right, great. So, you know, Scotty was very optimistic. He's like, dude, he's like, we're going to be able to pick these things out. And I looked at him and I was like, yeah, we're going to be able to pick them out quickly. And they're going to be able to pick us out just as quickly. And he started <laughs> laughing. He goes, yeah, you're about right with that. <laughs> so uh, we climb up in that same mountain range and uh, 
boom, we get right into them. And we find a tank of a mule deer, a tank. It, it was easily into the 190s. I mean, it was, it had everything. It had the height, the lift, the mass, it had it all. And uh, we end up crawling and we get 70 yards from, ironically, the one I end up killing. And Scotty's like, ooh, he's like, that's an old animal right there. He's like, that's a real old animal. So I'm like, all right. But he's like, but that's the man. And he points to the 190. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, so what are we doing? He's like, we need to back out and we need to just watch him. So these mule deer would just stand up and eat and go back down, stand up, eat and lay back down. They weren't moving. You know, they were just standing up, eating, eating the brush around them, laying right back down. They got a foot of snow. They don't want to burn the energy. And, uh, you know, we basically came to the conclusion that in order for me to make it back home for my son's game on time, I would have to leave no later than one o'clock. So here we are, it's already 10 o'clock and we're on the side of this mountain and these things aren't moving anywhere. And, um, Scotty's like, you got to go down into that Canyon and come up behind them. He's like, if you come up behind them, it's like, you're going to be able to shoot that one. It'd be a 60 yard shot. The big one. And, uh, the wind wasn't right. And I said, Scotty, the wind's not right. And he's like, dude, he's like, it's your last hours of the hunt. You just got to do it. You just got to go. Yeah. He's like, you got to go and see what happens. So. I was like, I could just come back. I said, I'll just come back. And he's like, well, when are you going to come back? I said, I don't know. when." He's like, exactly. You don't know when you're going to come back. He's like, you got to do it and you got to do it now. So I'm like, all right. I, and I, I was like, dude, I don't want to booger this up. I don't want to blow them out of these canyons. And he's like, they'll come back. He's like, if you blow them out, they'll come back. Okay. So I dropped down, hike up two canyons over, which was probably like a thousand yards. You know, I had to mm-hmm. hike down a thousand yards and then come up the backside and that would have put me right above them. Well, I'm climbing down in there and I already, I'm like, this is bad because I, I could feel the wind is just dead in my face. And I was like, as soon as I go up there, it's over. And, um, I get down in that Canyon. I come up the backside and I, I just peeked my head up over the top. Well, the the one that I end up killing is standing 40 yards from where I was just standing because he smelled me already. He's looking back at me and I'm like, mother. <laughs> I'm like, but the other ones have no clue I'm there. I'm like, look at this shit. Well, what happens, there was another canyon with a depression. It was actually pulling the, the air in an opposite direction because it's weird. I didn't know that, you know, different terrain changes causes the air current to, to move differently. So... I get up and I get up behind a yucca bush and I look to my left and I'm like, look at that. This fucking 190 is feeding right towards me. And I'm like, it's over. Here we fucking go. I don't know where the other ones are, but he's by himself. And then I just see the tips of the other antlers, but they're just in the general area where we saw him. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm going to catch a fucking break. Here we go. So I click the bush right to my left. 65 yards. I'm like, it's over. He's feeding right to it. He's on that line and he's hitting every bush on that line, just eating the brush off of it. So he gets there. He's on the backside of it. It's 70 yards. I said, he's going to swing right around because it was the only bush that was left. After that, it was just open 
country cactus and he's not going to go over there to eat he's just going to eat around that bush and he was more than likely going to bed there because it was a big bush so he's working he's working he's working he's working counterclockwise and i get to full draw and then right below me i hear and i knew what that was the other two that were 160 class bucks were down in that drainage where the wind was blowing and they were looking right up at me. So when you moved? No, they smelled me. They smelled you. I was at full draw and they smelled me. And I don't know how to this day that 190 knew to look right at that bush. And he whipped his head around. He looked and he's like, uh, 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 boom, gone. And he took off like to the next county. Yeah. <laughs> and those other two hooked up right with him and they were gone. So then I was like, it's over. This shit is over. Now I got to go home with my tail between my legs, just stewing the whole way that I missed something and that I could have killed, but whatever, it's irrelevant. So I just sit down and I hook up back up with Scotty and uh, just sitting there taking pictures with my camera, just enjoying the moment. And uh, I look down in the canyon where my footprints are and I see bounding marks. Well, we start glassing and that big old buck is about 800 yards 500 to 800 yards away and he's looking right at us and he's burning a hole in us from across the canyon like looking he knows we're there and we're like oh shit so we tuck down and we watch him and now it's already one o'clock and i'm like i gotta go i gotta go i gotta go i gotta get back home i gotta go and uh we're glassing him and for some reason he beds don't know why he bet it he bet it so now we picked out the terrain. We need to get to that oak brush and we need to come through and we need to kill this thing. So we start busting our ass and we're moving, 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 moving. Boom. We get up to the area we marked out. Wind's in our favor. And we're getting, we're just going over every ridge real slow and looking because he's right on the top of the ridge looking down at the canyons in the directions that we were. We get to the general area that we think he's at and we see prince bounding out of the area so we don't see this damn thing we don't know where the hell it's at and i'm like well all right i turned to scotty and i'm like all right we we, we gotta go it's over as i start turning <laughs> towards the direction we gotta walk he grabs my forearm he's like don't move he's right there we're 70 yards from this thing and he was right there and i'm like oh so we just ease on back and just get behind some yucca and we're watching him and he goes to sleep. I'm like, look at this shit. He doesn't even know we're here. So now we're ranging stuff and we're moving so I could get a, you know, bedding broadside away, quartering away shot. So we slide down the mountain, wind still in our favor, and now we're belly crawling in a foot of snow. Well, this son of a gun, the size of his ears, he could hear the pants rubbing up against the snow. And as we're crawling, he would look. Then he'd turn his head back towards the direction that we were looking. This went on for half hour to cover 10 yards. That's how, how slow we had to move. Finally, we get set up. I look at Scotty. I go, give me a range. He goes 68 yards. I go, are you sure? He goes, yes. I set my dial right to 68, start pulling my bow back, mule deer stands up. 
motherfucker. He knows we're here. You know, this happened to me all week long. Now he spins 180 degrees and he's looking at us. But what's saving us is that the sun's in his eyes and we're behind yucca bushes. You're in the shadows. Yep. That's what's saving us. He lays down and he's, he, then he lays back down. He's looking right at the bush, looking at the bush, looking at the bush. So I whisper to Scotty, I go, what's the yard? She goes, 68. And uh, he goes, can you make that shot? And I look at him <laughs> and I go, I'm going to kill that motherfucker right there. And according to him, he said, the look that I gave him scared the shit out of him because <laughs> I was so intense when I told him I'm going to kill that motherfucker right there. I was like, you just tell me when his eyes are closed. I said, that's your only job. I mean, this conversation is going on very quickly and very quietly. Yeah. And he's like, oh, OK. Like that's he like stutters. a little. He's like, OK, so I'm going to kill him right fucking there. And uh, for some reason, he must have got an itch in his ass. And he reaches over to his back haunch to bite his ass. And I stand up, I draw, and I center punch him. I go right through the brisket, annihilate the brisket, both lungs, and break his spine. And boop, he's dead right there. But before Scotty could get his binoculars up, I jump up and put another arrow in its heart. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, uh-uh, he's not going anywhere. And... uh he said it was the funniest shit he's ever seen. He was like, dude, I didn't even give him binoculars up my hair. Quack! Again! <laughs> but That's yeah. Awesome. Bottom of the ninth, man. I know the feeling. Oh, yeah. But by this time, it's already 3.45, almost 4 o'clock. So yeah, now... You can make up that time. Yeah. Now now it's pure panic mode, man. Then uh, I got into it. Uh, we skinned them. We quartered them right there. I mean, I was whipping my, my knives around and... You know, I told Scotty, watch your hand out if, unless you want to lose it, man. Because <laughs> it was uh, it was awesome. Then we, you know, threw everything in game bags, and now we're in a mission. We got to go. We got to get out of here. And um, packed it all out, got it to the trucks, and that's all she wrote. That awesome, was it. Man. Well, yep. congrats. It sounds like a hell of a good hunt. It was. Um, real quick, um, we'll give a shout out to Scotty, too, if people want to get a hold of him, how they can do that to try to book a hunt. Um, we'll do that at the end, but right before that, real quick, just run me through your equipment. What were you shooting as far as the site? Cause I know you got that new site, yep. um, that, uh, you can adjust, but it's also got a couple fixed pins and, yep. uh, your arrow setup and how much did your arrows weigh? I know for whitetail, I don't really care. Right. You know what I mean? We, we're shooting 30 yards, maybe 40 yards, 90% of the time, you know, we shoot somewhat of a heavy arrow at a decent speed. We're, yep. we're good to go. But out there with the winds and all the other factors, shooting longer distances, mm -hmm. um, I'm sure you put some more thought into your arrows from that standpoint. So, so kind of quickly run us through. Yeah, the, I'm just shooting a, a PSE Evolve um, at 70 pounds. Um, decent bow, you know, easy pulling. Um, I like the cams because they don't beat you up. Uh, the Sight is what I, I'm the most impressed with. It's a Trueball XL Pro slider sight with five fixed pins, uh, 0.10, which is the smallest ones they make, and it's a carbon rod. Um, what I like about it is I set my fixed pins from 25 to 65, and then there's a dial with built-in clicks on it that let you go out as far as 100 yards or more. So, um, and you know where you're at on the clicks because it's a thud, like you actually feel them 
thud in. So your bottom pin, which for me would be my 65 yarder, um, that bottom pin, I shoot that. I can, I have the capability to shoot it all the way out to a hundred yards accurately, um, using a pin. And, you know, there's, I put some thought into, you know, a three pin, but then I was like, you know what? I shot the bow hunter set up forever and I shot 25 to 65 with five fixed pins. I know my holds, so why not put it in my favor? So I just, that's what I went with. I've had that. Um, I like that setup. It works for me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fairly expensive, but, um, you know, it's like the old famous saying goes, you know, if you, you got to put your, your, your money into your, your optics basically for a rifle. So you want a good rifle scope. And I think the same holds true for a good quality set of pins, uh, or a sight, you know, and, uh, I'm in love with it. I have no, no issues with it. I, I will continue to hunt with it unless something better comes out. Um, but other than that. Uh, as far as the, the arrows go, it's roughly, I'm shooting 478 total weight on my arrow. Um, they're the VAP TKOs. I I like them because I just like the VAP arrow. And then I put a uh, stainless steel 95 grain outsert. Um, the mechanical heads, uh, you, you could take them or leave them. You know, it's personal preference, just 100 grains. That's what I had. And I... Uh, have the rages. Um, but Scotty turned me on to these mechanical heads that are called sever, uh, broadheads. And, um, they were, I was very impressed with them from what I saw with Scotty. That's all he hunts with. Um, he's shot like 16 pigs with the same mechanical head. That's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's awesome. And w what I like about it is you could take, it comes with a set screw that you put into the shaft of the, of the mechanical mechanism that doesn't let the blades deploy. So you could s do all your tuning and all your setting with your mechanical heads instead of like that, that practice one that rage gives yeah, you. I never use that thing. Either. Yeah. I, I just sacrifice a head or two. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy a couple and these two are just going to get shot to shit. Right. But a lot of times those rages aren't all that durable. No, you know, I mean, no. it's a thin piece of metal. I mean, look today I shot that doe at what? 31 yards. Yeah. Granted, I got a full pass through and it hit a piece of wood right. on the other side and was sticking a couple inches like in uh in like an older log. Right. But that blade was shredded right. even before it got to yeah, it. You know what done. I mean? It was shredded. They were one time use yeah. done with them. So, so that's I, pretty cool. I looked these sever heads up and I'm gonna order a bunch. Um I just like the fact that you could put these set screws in, you could shoot them and, and tune your equipment to that and not beat them up. Uh but that was it, man. Uh, as far as clothing goes, it was Sitka gear. Uh, and I brought all my hunting gear with me, thank God, um, because of the weather. And, you know, I strongly suggest if you're going to go out west, bring everything you can within reason, especially if you're driving. If you're flying, that's on you. Um, and then the boots, I just bought just a regular set of Irish setter, um, you know, hiking boots. They're okay. Um I still haven't found a set of boots that I'm in love with. Like if I had to rate them, you know, out of five stars, I'd probably give them two. You know, I just don't think they're going to last. No, yeah. no. Yeah. I, I just think they're, they're going to fail and, uh, they'll fail at the stitching, but you know, it's like everything. Nothing's perfect until you find the right stuff. So that's where I'm at. Well, awesome, man. That sounds like a hell of a trip. So, um, 
So what's Scotty's outfit name, right? It's Topo Texas Outfitter? Topo Texas. Okay. Yeah. All right. And um, we are going to uh, obviously post this on our Instagram with a picture from Carlos's hunt, and we'll put that picture up of the uh, of the stock that he was talking about where he got kind of busted at 28 yards. And I'll tag Scotty's Instagram in that post so that if you are, re- you know, if you do need to reach out to him, uh, you can get a hold of him that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get what you see is what you get with him. You know, there's no bullshit. It's, it's, uh, he's there to hunt and he's not there to hold your hand. He's going to point you in the right direction. The rest is up to you, which is awesome. Yep. Yeah. I don't want somebody holding my hand. Exactly. And I want somebody telling me that, how it really is. So it, it makes for a, a very tough, grueling, enjoyable hunt. So if you don't like the suck, then don't call him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you get, these animals are not uh, just going to walk up and let you shoot them. You're going to have to work for them. Yeah. So. All right, Carlos, well, congrats, man. Sounds Thank like you. an awesome freaking hunt. A hell of a mule deer uh, that you got. And uh, we actually just picked up the meat. Thanks for sharing some of that. Yeah, no go problem. home and try it yeah, out. I had some that Scotty had laying around, man. It's just like beef. Awesome. It was, it was excellent. So. so good. And we'll get back to everyone once Carlos gets these severed broadheads. We'll test them out and see how they fly. But that sounds like a... Uh, uh, an awesome thing to try since they're typically mechanicals or one and done. This sounds like a, uh, a good solution for that. Yep. So. All right. Well, thanks for listening. If you got any questions again, feel free to email us huntfishbums at gmail.com or, uh, you know, send us a message on Instagram. All right. Thanks a lot guys. Thanks for listening.